Welcome to This Old App, a podcast about learning, coding, smashing stuff together, breaking things apart, startups, failing, winning, and any other buzzwords we can think of. Hey, Don. Uh, this week? So, actually, in may- maybe in four weeks, I'm about to give a presentation for a conference. Um, okay, cool. And I don't know that, that I've been accepted. So it could all be for not, but actually this is something that I might use for a future um, meetup discussion, you know? So I thought what we do is go through the talking points of the presentation and you can kind of uh, tell me if I'm on a good track or if it's not as important. So okay, the, the title is a 360 view of the Firebase authentication experience. Um, Okay. The description is Firebase is a Google-owned platform that provides pre-built infrastructure for web and mobile applications. A key service of the platform is Firebase authentication, which allows developers to manage user security in lieu of building a homemade authentication system. And we'll take a look at the various experiences that customers, developers, and managers can expect from this service and why outsourcing user authentication is a worthwhile consideration. Um, what, the, what, 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 what do you expect from your audience? What, what should they know going in as far as should they know Firebase? No, they don't need to know Firebase. They need okay. to understand what user authentication is. Um, okay. Which there are two different types, and I don't have this in my notes, so that is a. <laughs> this is why we want to do this. Um, in user authentication is you a user of your system being able to authenticate with your platform with credentials they like who they are and that's all you're really determining with that event that action is simply who is this person who is this user logging in okay it doesn't have it doesn't have anything to do with roles details um like the user profile that becomes authorization is a user authorized to do something? Are they allowed to do something? So authentication is strictly that piece of who are they? Are they who who they say they are? Usually determined these days with email or username and a password. And then the new new cool is two-factor authentication, um, which is an additional means of authenticating beyond a password does this user have are they at the phone number that they declared they would be at with a text message and a number uh, some kind of code or are they able to access a dynamic um, like refreshing code on a device Um, whether it's a google auth app authy uh, on one password you can do one-time passwords that kind of thing so for what we're talking about today, and I need to make the sure that I define this um, better, 
is what is authentication? What is user authentication? Because I'm not explaining that at all in my right right now in my outline. So, um, what ha what's going on is that Firebase. Well, the way I'm going to start the um, let me roll back my introduction. Mm -hmm. My introduction is actually about how I used Devise on Ruby on Rails and how I've used Passport with Node. And I wanted to discuss about how they're very easy systems to use. You basically drop them into your app, install them really quick, and they give you a ton of pre-built code to get authentication running. And for years I've used that happily and didn't really have to worry too much because about security issues, because there's always a team of open source developers that were actively um, making sure that those systems worked well on the security side. But there is a risk with both of those platforms, both of those frameworks in that you still store the data yourself. You store the user information your source, yourself in most cases. You may be storing, and Ruby on Rails, I'm st storing users on a Postgres database. I have ownership of that database. My credentials um, can give access to that, that table of users. Um, when you hear about people getting hacked, it's usually because the user authentication table is being hacked. And so what Firebase is providing um, with their, their piece is the ability for you to outsource the entire authentication um, part of your app. And I need to, at this point, I need to flush in way better what, like, what Firebase authentic, like, I guess how that is better. Why yeah. is hand, why is handing over um, this to another per like handing off to a different company better than dropping Devise and Ruby uh, and Passport into your own app and managing that table yourself? But right. but that's essentially what my introduction is. Is but I think I need to add in there. What does user auth at the very beginning? Because so let me. Let me back back everything up. Yes, I agree that that you have to start with the basics of what is user auth. Yeah. Um, and and I I asked does a do the does a user need to know Firebase and and you said no. Let me take it one step further back. And and I think this is where Google struggles a bit with the Firebase name. Mm -hmm. What I'm hearing you describe is that this is nothing but an authentication service, right? Mm -hmm. Is yeah. it an authentication service? for Firebase or is Firebase the brand? Firebase is the brand. Per se. So it could be authentication for anything having nothing to do with Firebase. Um, yep. But, okay. All right. So, yeah. See, I, I think Google's got a problem with branding there, but that's another, that's another, uh, that's another conversation. <laughs> yes, I agree with you on that one. Um, because, it's like when I talk about when people talk about the database piece, they say Firebase. I'm like, which one? There's two now, <laughs> and you truly, yeah. you truly don't know because even when we talked to Mark, 
he was like, ah, I'm using Firebase. I'm like, the new one or the old one? He's like, oh, the new one, Firestore. And that was that's a big issue because they are significant. They have, one is definitely better than the other, but one is still beta. And people keep saying do Firestore, but it's a different it's a different beast in that in some ways. So yeah. anyway, introduction. I'm going to cover what is user authentication, how I used to use it with Devise and Passport, the risk part, the risky piece of having to maintain it yourself. And then I'm going to discuss there is an alternative, and that alternative is Firebase authentication. And I'll probably have to do something along um, uh, what is the alternative? And I have to say Firebase is this whole big platform. There is one specific feature we're talking about today. And so I have to be really careful because I can't talk about it in the sense of Firebase. I have to call it Firebase authentication the entire time, I think, to make to define that. Um, maybe Firebase auth, to be short. So the idea around how I want to talk about it is I want to clear, like this is what I always have a problem with a lot of presentations. They talk about a lot of perspectives that a different stakeholders in a project would have, but they don't ever define, like when I talk about that, I'm talking about customers, developers, administrators, and management. And so I really, okay. I want to talk about Firebase Auth from the perspective of all of those. That's why I'm calling it 360 view. I don't want it to be just, here's a code example. In fact, I may not show much code at all because it's not just about the development. I want I want this to be a presentation where people think about why Firebase Auth is good from the perspectives of all of the, and I shouldn't even say good. I want it to be a consideration because of each of these parties and what they get out of it. Um, so the first will be, the section will be customer experience. So I don't, sure. the order of this could change, but I figured I'd start with customers and just get past that because the rest of them, developer, admin, management, are much closer related in their experience than what a user would have. So on the customer side, I'm going to talk about how a user can register, as in create an account. I'm going to talk about how they can log in with a, you know, the various, various logging in system, like procedures they can do, whether it's user password, strictly a phone and a phone number. Um, there is uh, the social media logins like GitHub, Twitter, Facebook, and Google. The ability to recover credentials is built in. Um, it's extremely fast. And then the, I think it does have some offline options, meaning the code base can store the authentication if you take the system offline and I have to check on this to verify what's possible here. So, so I guess from your perspective, does, do you think covering that will help with the, like, how would a, how would your users, your customers handle authentication? Don't need to. Right. And, and when you're, 
when you're giving this present, I'm sorry, what, what is the audience of the presentation? What conference is this at? Um, and does it change if you're doing it at the conference or if you're doing it at the meetup? I am not changing it. That's why it's 360. Okay. I'm going to talk about all of it. Okay. Um, it is more of a developer conference, I believe, but oftentimes when I meet people at conferences, it, the room is never all devs. There's always like a manager or someone that's starting brand new. And I like meetups that uh, this one is not being defined as a developer only. Now, if they come back to me and said, can you make this more developer oriented? I can definitely do that. But right now, okay, without anyone telling me I can actually do this, <laughs> I'm doing it my way. <laughs> of course. So, so I, I think one thing caught my attention when you said it, and that was um, you, you started to change the words around um, the benefits of, of Firebase. And you're like, well, my, I'll just talk more about the features and what's good. And, and that I, I think for any presentation, you have to go in with an, with an opinion and usually a strong opinion. Um, so a 360 view is fine and having the, the benefits and, and the drawbacks, they're good as well. Yeah. But, um, I, I think you have to come across as either, I believe Firebase is the authentication answer right now in these scenarios or, or come across the opposite that you don't think it is. I don't think you can go in and say, I'm just going to talk about Firebase and let you make your own decision that people are going to do that anyway. Yeah. Um, I can, so I, I, think, I don't know if that's, if that's where you were headed. I think it's a great option. Um, there's a, I have, I have an alternative, I have a section for alternatives, which are also viable, but I do think that this one is a great one for people to start with if they have no, if they're going to do, if I think it's, this is better than hosting it yourself. Definitely. But, okay. but I don't want to, I'm not, I also haven't used AWS Cognito and it's not, I don't feel like I'm in a spot where I can say, use this before you use Cognito. But I do think I would say. So let me. Let me pick at that real quick. Is Cognito AWS's authentication solution? Yeah. Okay. So CAWS did it right. Yes. In that they branded it. They they branded their authentication solution as opposed to Google, who's just saying it's Firebase authentication, which to me, when you said it to me initially, I'm like, okay, I guess this will be interesting for people who want to authenticate in Firebase. Yeah. It, it, so. I don't. I don't want to beat that horse too dead. But anyway, you're. To I agree with you, um, and I do think I need to make that distinction for certain. Um, let me actually make a note on that. Firebase auth core naming. So okay, yeah, I, I agree with you um, totally on that branding issue. Sure. So then, that, so that's the customer experience, which is kind of normal. I mean, there's nothing, honestly, there's nothing about it that is radically different, which is that is a plus in the sense that if you put your users into this login authentication experience, they will not know that it's different than other ones they've done. And that's, right. that's to me a plus. So, that's kind of what I want to get across. And then let me actually make a note on that. 
Because it's kind of like, well, do I have to teach my users something different to use this? The answer is no. They won't know you. They will have no idea you're using Firebase if you do it correctly. So then sure. the next section is the developer experience. And so the developer experience is that there are a number of frameworks available. Like, so a developer is looking for code. One, they have to learn how to, how do I get started? And I would say that Firebase has great documentation, great code, like code examples, um, really, and they have the cover, the frameworks of node, um, Dart, Flutter, they have iOS, they have Android, Java, um, like they have a cover, I have to, I'll actually list all these. So basically, I'm gonna, what I'm going to say is there, I'm going to list out all the frameworks that Firebase strongly supports. And then I'm going to go and, and, and specifically say that just because Firebase only supports particular code bases, you can use something such as Ruby, Ruby on Rails to log into Firebase auth. Like you are not left out. You just don't have as much support ready for it. But I don't want people sure. to think that they're locked out. You have to use this code. It's just that their documentation covers, I think I think it's Python, obviously Node, um, and then the native apps and stuff like that. The This is where I will show a little bit of code because I want to show some easy examples. There is a Firebase um, UI framework that you just basically drop in to your code base and it apparently takes care of views and stuff like that. I need to do some research for that because I'm not as big a fan of it, but if you want to just drop it into a web app and get going, then it could probably shave a ton of time off of what you're doing. So I'll probably show a code example in the developer experience. Um, I might show a quick test with something like Cypress if I can get something working that fast, but I don't know if I will. Um, I guess I can, you know, the biggest thing for me for a developer is one, what do they have for like, what, how are they able to test it? How are they able to develop it with the right resources? How easy are the resources to read? Are there video tutorials online related to it? Um, like those are the biggest questions I think a developer has. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that that um, I think that's right. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna come at it from where I I sit for the most part, and that is I haven't done a ton of authentication myself. I haven't coded a ton myself. Yeah. Um, so when I think about authentication, it's like, okay, this, this is where, um, for example, I would go and, and there's a user sign-in screen and I do email password, but there's also maybe some buttons that say sign in with Google, sign in with uh, Twitter, things like that. Yep. Um, what is the, is it within the Firebase authentication or is it cookies or sessions or, or whatever have you? that once this user does it once goes away and comes back the next day 
they're either signed in or they're not, or um, they they go away for five minutes and come back and they're either signed in or not. Is that part of, part of authentication as well? Yeah, it still counts. Um, the way that it would work for a developer is one, you can use JWT um, tokens, JSON web tokens. Um, if you would prefer to main like see how long is this person like is this token still good you are allowed or you have the ability to check for the token and that's kind of like the old the it's old-fashioned it's four years or five years of age old-fashioned for how people authenticate a lot of api calls and um, kind of things but you also have the ability, depending on how far you go in with Firebase into your code base, you can use the Firebase um, package to essentially check on its own, is this person logged in? Are they still legit? And okay. so you have two different ways you can go about it. And I would say that if you aren't wanting to have Firebase as a big part of your entire app, then you could probably, you'd want to use the JWT, the JSON web tokens as your authentication method. But if you want to go down the path of, hey, you know, there's other features of Firebase I want to use. I don't mind having this package throughout my app. You can basically utilize it in a position to handle all that for you. To like, you don't even have to verify the token. It just knows is this user, are they still authenticated with this app, even though they closed it earlier and the session management and all that kind of stuff? Firebase can just take, ca- okay, take good. care of that. So Yeah, because that, that's kind of what I was at. I, yeah. I mean, I knew I knew that there, there are different ways to do it. I just didn't know if, if Firebase took care of all of it to where I it, it would do yep. that. So that's good. So now the next group is a shift. It's not the developer. And it's not the customer, it's what I'm calling the admin, the non-technical user who may still be managing the application. What do they do if they need to help someone? Like constantly in my role as a consultant, I'm in the position where I get an email and a client of mine says, I need to change someone's password. I need to recover a password. I need to suspend someone. I need to change some data for someone because they spell their name wrong and they don't want to go through it. And I'm like, okay, I I totally understand what you need to be able to do here. Um, So there is a a section and I will show this in the presentation, which is a user or an administrative person, non-technical can log into Firebase, into the console, go to the authentication section and see the list of users and search for them and, you know, change their password, suspend the account, delete the account. Um, They have the ability to go in and do some very basic CRUD actions on the user auth. Now, the key here is that the user profile, meaning personally attached data is not except for an email address is not really lot like tied to this account. So this is strictly again on an authentication system. It allows a non-technical person to go in and do some of the management without, you know, making the developer do some of that maintenance 
on their behalf. So that's really the admin experience that's built into Firebase authentication. It doesn't go beyond that, but it is it does right. empower them to do some things that they don't have to ask a developer for. So, okay. Um, that's all I got for that one. And then the management experience side is really about, I want to go into the costs. Like, what do you get for free? What do you get for 25 bucks a month? And what do you get on, how does it, what does it start to cost as you scale up? What if you have 10,000 users and you go up to a million users, that kind of thing. So I'll do a really quick cost assessment. Um, then I talk about risk. What are you risking if you give Google and Firebase this data? So in a way, I need to do a little bit of research on the terms of service, um, you know, because I don't know what they do with user data other than I expect that they're pretty responsible with it, but I don't know for certain what they say. Yeah. Um, the single point of failure on a security level is Google and Fire and the Firebase team, which is still probably more advanced than you being the single point of failure, managing it the database on your own. But I do want right. to I want to flush out the risk side of what does it mean when you outsource this data to someone else? Um, where could it get risky for your team? Because you can obviously share these credentials with someone else, and they could you know destroy your Firebase system or steal it. And then I'll talk about the advantages um, from a management side, which is you don't need to hire someone that is necessarily an expert in authentication. You don't, you can hire someone that only knows JavaScript or whatever your, whatever your code base is, you don't have to go and hire necessarily a brand new team of people or person to work on this because it is something that they can, a developer with, you know, coding skills can go through the tutorials and go through the online documentation and learn this piece to get the job done. And it's not a proprietary um, type. Of, it's the only thing that's proprietary about it is the backend piece. It's actually a pretty standard JavaScript library package that you install and use. There's nothing about it that is like its own kind of domain name um, of code or anything. So I have some other advantages, which I'll flush out, but I like I'll go through just cost, risks, advantages. And then the last part is types of developers you would need. And so in my mind, you the only, like the, the people you need the most is a front end developer. Someone that says that they have multiple years of experience with JavaScript, with Python or Django, with you know, C Sharp, any of the languages that they have, I'll talk about that. But I'll basically say if this person, if you're, if this developer says they know a front end language or framework and they know how to make API calls, they pretty much have the, the base type of skills needed for working with Firebase authentication. You don't need a backend developer expert to do it. They aren't going to be managing the tables or the servers for this kind of thing. So the only type of dev you really need is a front end person or a full stack person, but you don't need to hire an authentication expert or a security expert. You 
don't need any of those um, to make this work. So that's that would pretty much wrap up the management experience section. And okay. now I'm, uh, the thing is, is right now I'm looking at my outline. I still have one, two, three, four, five sections. I still will, are going to want to talk about maybe more. So we'll see if I need to shorten some of this. But the next part would be to talk about security features. And so I would basically like at this point, the 360 is kind of over. And next I'm going to talk about security features, problems and limitations, alternative systems, and then probably I can, I'll probably go to resources for follow-up. Where do you get started with it? If you want to start learning and I've got a number of tutorials on that. So what I don't know is if I should move some of these up and then do 360 at the end, or if security fits into the developer piece better. Um, I'm not totally sure right now. Secure, security feels like it belongs a little higher. Um, where exactly, I'm not sure, but it certainly feels like part of the 360 unless I'm thinking of something different. Um, it feels like it's part of the benefits and and because you're talking about what security things you can do with it, right? Uh, pretty much, yes. Okay. Yeah, the the rest of it feels like a, a comparison or, or or a conclusion section. Security features sounds like a feature so, section. So I, I'd move so do so. What about this? What if I talk about developer last and then move into security? at the tail end of that. Uh, you run a risk of losing your audience of developers early. Um, if you will wait too long now that the counter to that is that you're giving them by moving developers last, you're kind of going top down, mm -hmm. right? So you're, you're kind of giving them the basics and then you're diving deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, so that'll work. You just got to make sure your pacing's good. Yeah. I'm going to think about reorder. Yeah. See, talking about this on a recorded podcast is exactly how you should do this. <laughs> just because, I mean, it's helpful. I'm thinking about it in a much different way. Um, so this may be out of, out of law, out of, uh, order now, but the next section is about security features. So authentication methods, email, password, phone number, SMS, um, which is a unique one that I haven't seen in other ones. So I'll talk about that a little bit more. There is the ability to have anonymous accounts. You can have guests. You, basically you can allow users to say, I'm going to, to, I want to do things with your platform with an anonymous account without giving you credentials, which is still different than a guest or a not, or actually it is a guest account. It's not an unauthenticated account, but it still lets you treat them as a returning user. And they can later, they can later right. attach their criteria to their profile later, which is kind of interesting. Then you have the identity providers, the Google, Facebook, GitHub, Twitters. 
Um, and then there are some industry standards that you can use, OAuth 2.0 and OpenID Connect, which I honestly don't know much myself about. I've never used custom systems enough, but if you have a better, uh, a more custom need, you can hook those in. And I'll probably find a little bit, I'll be able to, I'll do some research to explain that a little bit better. But if your concern is you're boxed in, you do have some very standardized, flexible ways to use other pre-built systems. And then the other security item that they have is they allow for rate limiting of account creation, meaning if a hacker or a bot starts creating um, users from the same IP address at a rapid pace, they will shut it down. And you don't have to deal with that rate limiting yourself. If you actually don't care and don't want that kind of security, you can contact Firebase to turn it off. But I'll probably, this is a section I don't feel like is covered enough in my presentation. I need to research a little bit more about what they're providing. But for the most part, there's I need a section that talks about the security benefits of what Firebase Auth is doing. Um, the next section are some problems that I've seen. And one of them is uh, connecting user profiles is not as easy as I had with Devise or Passport. I have not found, like, you, you have to manage user details and data separately from Firebase Auth. And that means you need to essentially get the credentials from Firebase Auth, determine if that if those credentials match up with a user on user table on your side, and then connect those. And that's probably the biggest problem I've had with Firebase Auth is that I, I, I used to keep all that together. Right or wrong, that's how Devise did it. That's how Passport was able to do it. But with this, with the Firebase system, Firebase authentication is strictly about a user account, their username, password, or other validation means, and that's all they give you. And you have to take the rest off to give them to like manage roles, first name, last name, personal identification, that kind of thing. So that is probably do that. So go ahead. So that sounds like a that sounds like a big miss. Um, because yes, authentication is different from authorization, but they go hand in hand. They do. And you can still tie an authorization with something called claims. So that's why I don't, that's why okay. I, I'm saying user profile data is a problem. Auth, authorization is not. You can tie, you can tie into the, you, the authentication piece very small bits of authentic authorization data. And so that's why I'm not talking about it as a problem. But what I'm not doing is bringing that is how you do that. So I need to add that to the developer experience. High end authorization. Okay. And then there is an issue with Google and Facebook social profiles. 
because if you log in with, let's say a user goes in and creates a Facebook account, um, and then they come in later with the same email address being used on Facebook, the Google account will override the existence of the Facebook social login. And so you have to put a step-by-step system in place that says to the user, hey, we already know you've created an account with both Facebook and Google. Would you like to merge the two? And so it's it's a really weird error. It has to do with the fact that Google is the primary provider and they don't let you automatically merge it. You have to let the user walk through the steps of merging the two. And I think it's a bigger problem than anyone was talking about, but I, it was a pain in the butt. I fixed, I got it to work, but I'm like, this is a lot of work just to make sure that my user experience using both Google and, and Facebook logins is not a, a pain factor. So I don't know if it's been fixed since I had that problem, which was about six months ago, but it was an issue. So that's one issue. Um, and the last thing I feel like is a limitation is that I don't, there's not a two factor authentication piece that's built into this Firebase auth. If you want to have someone, um, retrieve an SMS code after doing email and password, you have to find another means to do it. Like you can, you, if you want to use two factor auth with an external like dynamic code generated every, you know, 30 seconds, one minute or whatever, you have to use a different system to do it. And I feel like it's the biggest limitation that I've seen, but with devise and with passport, I never had those either. So I still feel Firebase auth is better than what I was doing before. Um, so it's at least equal to those. Yes. It, it, it can't be better. It's just at least yes. equal. Okay. And then the last uh, or the next section is alternatives. And this is where I'm going to talk about AWS Cognito, which is to me probably the next easiest um, system. I haven't used it, but I've read a little bit of documentation. I've talked to people that have used it. It seems to be the next easiest um, authentication platform available that is available through Amazon Web Services. And then there are two big ones. One of them is Auth0, and the other one is Okta, O-K-T-A. And Auth0 and Okta are probably the enterprise-level platforms for doing, they're doing the same thing that Firebase Auth is, but they're doing it at a much bigger scale. They do all of the things that we've were, uh, they, they actually don't connect to the user profiles, but they do handle auth. They do handle JWT, uh, J- JSON web tokens. They do handle two-factor auth. They have drop-in code. So you can do every, like you can, you don't have to code as much, um, but they also tie into enterprise level backends. So whatever the Windows based um, auth DB, I can't remember the name of it. 
any type of single sign-on system that you've seen at an enterprise level, and I need to flush these out, um, what enterprise systems are. Describe a few. So this is where I'm going to just, I'm just going to throw out a bunch of enterprise level auth terms just to look like I know what the heck I'm talking about. Just, um, <laughs> describe enterprise. Like there's some like SAMs. Is that it? S-A-M-S? I don't know. Uh, that may be it. Enterprise level auth systems. And I'll just I'll throw out some buzzwords about like Okta and Auth0 can handle huge scale and they also come at a huge price. They are not cheap. Their documentation, I have found it to be less than easy to read. If you're starting a prototype, they are difficult ways to start. If you're working with a, a big client or a big company that has a, like a substantial number of standards, they are great options because they are working with big level firms um, and products. So those are the probably the four. I really have not found a substantial system for user auth beyond these four. And I looked the other, like just the other day to see if I would have to talk about other alternatives. I'm not finding them. So yeah, that's, that's where that one will end that section. Well, and I think, I think that's a good, that's, it's okay to get that kind of feedback from, from the audience as well. Um, find out what, if there's other things people have used. Yeah. So I, yeah, I can definitely ask. So then right before I follow up, I'm going to, or before I go to resources, I'm going to say, okay, so I've talked about the manager view, the developer view, the customer view. Um, I've talked about the security features. I've talked about the risk. I've talked about the alternatives. So why would you use Firebase? Like, what are the benefits of this? One, I think it's the easiest to use of all the systems I've seen thus far. That I've I've gone into Auth0. I've gone into the, the documentation for Okta. I've, you know, briefly looked at Okta. AWS Cognito, I really feel that if you just need to get something started quick and fast, Firebase is one of the easiest hosted authentication systems to get started. It's very low cost. So it doesn't, you can start with free, which is a terrific um, way to start. And then you can jump to $25 and you still, if you're starting from scratch and you aren't you know, building the next Facebook immediately, you're going to be able to utilize a great system for user authentication without spending a ton of money up front. And then I'll probably say something about ex being able to export the data because I think you can export your users if you need to leave it later. And then the last thing is you do not have to use any of the other Firebase systems or services to utilize auth. You can strictly run an app that doesn't have any other need for Firebase other than the authentication and the user doesn't have to know it. So sure. to me, if you are like, I don't want to use Firebase auth, I want to use Heroku with my Ruby app. That's fine. You can still use both as long like you have to figure out how you're going to make the, 
JSON web tokens work for your API calls to your Heroku side, but you still, all you need is for Firebase auth to, to, you know, take care of the authentication. And then you can tie in your users um, table on the Heroku side, or you can do that for the Django. So I think it's, you're, you're not married to Firebase for any of the other features. You can truly use it standalone. And I think that's a huge, like, that's a great reason to give it a shot. And yeah, it is. And so that is kind of my main bullet points on why to get started with it. Why, why do you consider using it? Um, besides the, the, you know, not doing it yourself is a better and better reason every day with all the hackers. And then I'll have the resources. I will have the links to Firebase documentation. I will talk about the Firebase um, YouTube channel, which is really going strong. I'll talk about the conference. I'll talk about the independent tutorial creators. And then I will, there, I think there are some Firebase code examples out there that people can go to on GitHub and just, you know, steal some great open source resources and paste them into your code base and get started. I think there's just a tremendous amount of resources available now to get started. And so that's pretty much how I'll wrap it up. And then I'll, you know, open the floor for questions and well, first I'll clap my hands really loud and wake up everyone that fell asleep. And then I'd say, (laughs) do you have any, do you have any questions? Well, I, I guess I guess the only thing I, that may be missing, um, and and you can decide how to incorporate this, is how, how many projects have you used it on? What kind of projects have you used it on? Um, is that relevant? Um, and then in addition to that, what other you, you you mentioned Devise a few times, so I have the feeling you've used Devise before. But what other authentication solutions have you used so that there's a good uh, feeling for what you're comparing against. Devise, Passport. Um, I, like I've done it with uh, like more than more than 10 probably Ruby on Rails apps. I've used Devise. Okay. With um, Passport, I used it on a number of non-production apps that I was building. And I also taught it to my students. With Firebase, I've used it on three production apps and probably two prototypes. So I've used Auth a number of times, but um, those are really, that's as much as I've worked with, other than the Drupal. Yeah, I guess I've used I, Drupal I think, Auth. I think, yeah, I guess. Uh, I think if... if You've done it three times in Firebase, then that's that's uh, three in production, I should say. Then that that certainly is a good place to be coming from. It's not like you just built a demo app and and just to try it out. Um, yeah. So it sounds like you're coming from a position of knowledge. Yeah. So I don't right now. What I don't know is, is given this is likely a forty minute presentation at most, this may be too much stuff. I may need to cut some stuff out. Um, like how long have I been talking to you? Like this is forty-five minutes, and I have only been talking about the outline. So my guess is I got to cut some things down. Yeah, you'll have to cut some down. Um, 
you're also almost always going to talk faster at the presentation. Um, yeah. Is it 40 minutes, including Q&A, or 40 minutes um, leaving time for q and I'll have to ask them if they let me do it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm guessing 50 minutes. Isn't that what they usually do? It depends on the conference. I've... Uh, uh, I've I've helped man put together conferences before, and we changed it from year to year. Sometimes, yeah, I'm gonna so, um, I'm gonna go for forty minutes, and we'll just see how far it goes. Yeah, and and I think I think you're gonna have to end up taking some of the the feature stuff out just to make it all fit. Yeah, um, but that's okay. Yeah, my my uh, my experience from teaching is that I talk too long i will manage to bring in examples and ramble on stuff so if i don't follow a rigid outline um and keep things brief i will go way beyond the discussion timeline so i just have to be careful about it but i think you you brought out some really good like hey man explain what user auth is versus authorization um that's really important uh, the poor naming issue, like, is this Firebase we're working with or Firebase auth versus like how AWS names theirs well as a branded product of, of AWS Cognito. Um, uh, yeah, you gave me some good, really good ways to get started better. So trying to think, I, I can't well, think of anything glad to else. help. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah. It, I mean, this is way better than, I guess less and less I found this has to do with anything I'm doing. Flushing, getting feedback immediately on prototyping. This is a prototype of a, of a talk of a conference talk is like, don't spend a lot of time editing down when you're without someone's opinion, without a, a, another right. person talking about it. So this is really, yeah, this is always the best way to, to build this type of stuff. For sure. And that, that, that's good advice for everybody listening is, is when you, when you're putting together a presentation, um, run it by somebody, um, just it either, either just verbally, like, like, uh, we just did here where I didn't see any of the slides, but I just heard about the outline and the general topics or actually give the presentation um, either locally before you go to a conference or something like that. Yeah. Well, one thing that I'm doing, I might have a different talk in the next month. Well, I guess I know. I, actually, I've committed myself to this. I'll be doing the front end and back end explained. Um which will be yeah. for that the new I don't know, we talked about this on CTO, I think. The new tech managed meetup we're doing in starting in right. Kansas City at least. And it'll be about technology for non-technical people. And or at least people in a management scenario. It's not necessarily a CTO and it's not necessarily someone that is, you know, a technical leader. It's just do you want to know about technology? without it being a crap ton of code on a screen with a bunch of devs in the room. And it, I don't want it to be about, 
hey, let's have a lightning talk about your idea and try to get funding. I want it to be more about what are all these technical terms you're listening, you're hearing, and no one is explaining it to you because the subject matter in the startup world is about raising money or how to build it. And I want it to be more about this is what we're talking about. This is what the development side, the product side is talking about on these more high level like discussion points. So I'm going to, my, the first meetup is going to be about front end and back end development. And my wife, Megan, and I are going to be like running this first meetup. So tomorrow we're going to go check out the venue and we're going to see what kind of technology we have for recording the, both the video and audio. I think I got the audio piece set up today. And so what I might do is record this presentation before I do it um, in front of people and then get your feedback again. So, okay. That'll work. And I'll need, I probably should do the same outline for the front end and back end discussion because again, I need you know, having another perspective is always helpful for what I'm leaving out or what, I'm, or, or what I may be rambling about. So, all right. right. Cool. I think that's it. All right. Sounds good. Well, good luck. Uh, good luck pulling all that together. And I'm sure I'll see uh, pieces or all of it soon. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, man. Take it easy. All right. See ya. Thanks for listening to this old app. Show notes and previous episodes can be found on our website at www.thisoldapp.online. Reviews on Apple iTunes are always appreciated and help promote the show. For questions, comments, or things you would like to hear on future shows, please email us at hello at thisoldapp.online. Show music is Guns Blazing by Fab Claxton, licensed by Pond5. Voiceover work by makingvoices.com. You'll hear from us soon. <laughs>